Philippe? Yes. Philippe, let's talk about fashion now. And as you know, I've got six kind of questions to start. Um, do you think we've learned a lot about fashion in the last 18 months while COVID-19 has been running around? And do you think the things that are important to us have changed as well? I think we've definitely had to rethink our value systems and reconsider fashion in a, in a totally different way. And I feel that the biggest change has been time, you know, time to think, time to consider what we buy, time to look at our environment, time to think about our actions, um, the consequences of everything that we do, you know, and uh, also with the, uh, the pandemic, what's been really important is to reconsider what matters and what is truly important. And I think that also affected fashion, it affected luxury, it affected the way people consume. So I think definitely now people are much more interested in value and considered purchases than they were two years ago. Cool. And I think maybe that whole thinking about it also affects how they look at how clothes are made, who's you know selling them, how the how people are being treated. So I think the whole journey, they've had time to think about the journey clothes make. Yes. And also with COVID, we've had to consider others a lot more. You know, we've had to protect ourselves but also protect others and uh, I think it's made people more aware that we are in a society where everything has consequences and everybody we all sort of link together one way or another and fashion as you said is a, is a very big chain you know of different steps and different people intervening and I think there's been more and more interest in who makes the clothes how uh, are we, are we fine with that? How do we feel about it? Is it morally acceptable? So we're getting into these really sort of, you know, troubled waters of fashion and morals because that's a difficult conversation. I mean, in my opinion, luxury has nothing to do with morals because we don't need it. We don't need <laughs> luxury. You know, it's something that's, it's enhanced pleasure. It's enhanced uh, value in a way, but we don't need it. So. Yeah, I find this whole this whole sort of moral dimension of fashion and consumption. I'm interested in how it's going to impact the industry in the long term. And it will. I think it will. It yeah. Has to. Yeah, it will. Yeah. So we're now looking at what would be New York, London, Milan, Paris coming up. Do you think everything is going to be back to normal for this season? I think normal is over because what happened during the pandemic is that the calendar became increasingly fragmented. And, you know, houses decided to get out of the, the official slot to show at different times. So it started to become very chaotic. Then we were getting, uh, you know, new season shows, main collections at the same time as pre collections. And then menswear came along and then it was couture. So, <laughs> it became really messed up and and for journalists like like us i mean it's very very annoying and very confusing because 
we feel that there is no, there's no respite, there's no break, you know, we're constantly <laughs> having to look at things. And you don't really have enough time to take, a, you know, to have distance from what you're looking at. It, it's like a constant flow of information, of fashion, of, of new ideas. And yeah, I mean, in a way, I, as, I don't know how this kind of calendar is going to evolve, but um, I find it quite, uh, I find it quite problematic, to be honest with you. And I don't know what you think about it, but it's, it's become so stretched out in a way that it, it almost has no beginning and no end anymore. You know, it's like a constant flux of fashion, which I find a bit confusing. I, th I, I agree with you because also everything pops up as a surprise where we know what's happening with the calendar and there are schedules. You're yeah. kind of having your breakfast and suddenly they go, oh, have you seen the selling menswear? And you're like, <laughs> no, when did that appear? And then, you know, the following day someone says, oh, there's a little pre-collection of so-and-so. And you're like, you don't know what season you're looking at. Some of the time you don't know, I understand all the gender fluidity, but sometimes you don't even understand what, you know, whether who it's for. So I think that, you know, this season and next spring are gonna start to see how we can readapt, mm -hmm. having thrown the rule book out, yeah. what rule book are we now gonna start to look at? Because I agree with you, I don't see the new normal, an expression I hate, or normal, yeah. I think it'll be new. It'll be new ways of looking at fashion. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's sort of, you know, it makes things very chaotic, but out of chaos, uh, we also get to have good things coming and we get constructing things. So it's just that moment of things going, you know, in very strange directions and nobody knows exactly, nobody can grasp <laughs> anything. But I think once we've dealt with that, maybe there's going to be, yeah, as you say, a new order or something that makes more sense. But right now, there are more questions than answers. You know, there are more interrogations about where this is going than actual, you know, uh, tips for, for the future. Yeah. I think you touched on it just now. I think that my, my next question will develop that something you've just said, but I think our shopping habits have changed. And I think the brands and the luxury labels that once mattered to us hugely, maybe have shifted or whatever. What, what's your view on, on shopping and, and the key names going forward? My feeling is that these big brands and these so-called luxury brands uh, have become more and more standardized. And the product that they offer, you can often find in different houses. What I mean by that is that, you know, a lot of things have become quite basic. Uh, they're still very expensive, which qualifies them, I guess, as being luxury products. But when it comes to the essence of the design, uh, it's very interchangeable. Mm -hmm. So you will go to, to Dior and you will buy, you know, denim, you will buy T-shirts, you will buy casual wear. And you will find the same things at Chanel. You will find the same things at Saint Laurent. And it sort of makes uh, these houses quite anonymous and quite faceless. And also designers no longer seem to matter the way that they did. You know, they're not so present in the press. They don't have a strong voice. 
Uh, they're very discreet. Um, so I think it's sort of for people who love fashion and who love a bit of storytelling and they want to know what's going on, then you sort of want people like Rick Owens or you want people like Galliano to really tell you a story. And I think people are craving that in fashion. You know, they're craving strong voices. So I would say that the more standardized luxury becomes, the more we're looking for very strong individual characters. And I think there is room for that right now in fashion, for sure. So do you think that, and this is relevant to the luxury, it's relevant to people like Rick and, uh, and to John as well. Do you think we are much more conscious with luxury of whether it's almost mass produced or it is artisanal, yeah. that it really has got that quality that people like Rick, it's not every shop in every city, in every airport, in everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. So that the luxury we know, yeah. it's luxury and it's a lot of money, but we also know there's an awful lot of it. Yes, and there's no design. I mean, when you talk about Rick Owens, what's amazing about Rick is his ability to touch anything and to turn it into Rick Owens. <laughs> yeah. So whether it's a t-shirt, a pair of boots, a coat, a dress, it becomes his. And it's recognizable without any logos, without any branding. It's recognizable because of, of the shape and because of the materials and because of his own language, his own visual language. <clears throat> and I really believe that um, we sort of forgot about that, you know, and there's a bit of a shock when something comes along and we're like, oh, wow, this is designed. You know, there's actually a design there and somebody really thought about doing things differently. So I hope that we're going to fall in love with this kind of approach again and that we will promote it and push it and consume it. Because for me, it's a lot less lazy than yeah. what some of the luxury brands are doing. I find it quite lazy. I find it quite complacent. And it relies on marketing and it relies on branding, but it does not rely on design. And great fashion stands out on its own. You know, it doesn't need, it's like if you're talking about an Alaya dress, you're talking about a Rick Owens coat, you're talking about a Margiela trench, you instantly recognize those pieces because of the design qualities, you know? And I hope that people become more sensitive to this and that they think about what they're buying and they're assessing the quality of the design when they buy something. I think it's also interesting with, with Rick Owens that there's always been a very blurred line between his menswear and his women's wear, which is, mm -hmm. seems to be one of the key kind of questions in the last 18 months has jumped forward. It's been there for a long time, but I think it's jumped forward very much about how, who and what buys a piece of clothing. Yeah, I think we're in a moment where it's never been so free, to be honest, because people are really looking for garments and I don't think gender is necessarily the first thing that they think about. They think about something that appeals to them and that touches them on a personal level, you know? So it's very much an emotional response to what you see. And this has nothing to do with gender. It's just a desire that you will have for a specific garment because it triggers something 
really strong in you. So I would say for me, gender has become less and less relevant because it's more about um, desire and about something that also has the power to uh, inspire you, to take you to another place and to let you escape. Because, you know, what we're living at the moment as, as societies is really harsh. And we, we do need fashion to sort of take us to another, another land. You know, we need to be able to... Yeah. The dimension of fashion is something that will never go away. I mean, regardless of how commercial <clears throat> it may become, uh, we need fashion to sort of sublimate things, you know, and to, uh, to deeply inspire us. So that has nothing to do with gender at the end of the day. So with all the things that have changed, with very few catwalk shows, with very few occasions for influencers together, do you think the teams, the people that matter in fashion, the people who are part of the, do you think all that has changed going forward? That if you were a student or someone at the beginning of your career, you'd be looking at how the business is employing people or who, who is going to be employable and who's going to have a real role going forward. Do you, just simply, do you think it's changed? It has changed because I think for a very long time, the industry let people in who were, you know, attracted by fashion, but not necessarily uh, interested in it or knowledgeable about it. And I think, you know, we, we opened the doors to all kinds of people that were there for other reasons. And uh, now, of course, you know, with, uh, with COVID, um, street style has pretty much, you know, died. Uh, influencers cannot travel as much as they used to, so they become boring, you know, for a lot of people. And in a way, it's sort of, you know, centered fashion back on this idea of the editors, the journalists, the buyers, you know, we're going back to the essentials, to the people mm -hmm. that really matter. And I see that as a very positive development. I don't know how long it's going to last for, <laughs> but my feeling is that, you know, the more essentialized it becomes and the more focused it is, the better fashion has to be because it's being judged by people in the room who know what they're talking about, you know, and I get very irritated by everyone having so many opinions, but <laughs> not all opinions are valid ones because you need to know what you're talking about. It's just as simple as that. So in a way, it's sort of cleaning up, you know, what we have seen and street style and this whole culture of the influencer was also very distracting in a way. It sort of distracted you from the real purpose of fashion. And if for me this changes, that's a very, very good thing. So it's something that we should we should celebrate you know, as, uh, as fashion people. Yeah. I 100% agree with you and I'm very happy about the change. I agree with you. We don't know how long it's going to sort of change in this way, but I think it, I think it will change because my last question is, do trends matter anymore? The whole idea of influencers and people saying, you know, oh, we're doing a story on yellow from the streets of New York, or we're doing, you know, oh, you must have a tartan jacket because it's the, the you know, three designers show tartan. With this breakdown of 
across seasons and showing so randomly the neatness of being able to say we've done four weeks of fashion here are the six themes the idea that you know out on the streets people are very dressed down anyway so what are you going to do show leggings and you know trainers and what whatever i feel that the whole idea of trends somehow seems really obsolete to me it was it seems obsolete and at the same time what is funny is that you know uh, the more dressed down things are becoming the more people are craving exceptional things because you know it's like being told you will only eat pasta for six months and you can't have anything else <laughs> and, you know, people start fantasizing about you know salmon <laughs> and you know whatever caviar or different things but you know it's sort of I'm very curious to see when we are in a position when people can gather again and and dress, you know, uh, for the public, so to speak, like how much of an effort they're going to put into that. And my feeling is that they will, because in a way, we also need to see fashion as a celebration and as a language which is rich, you know, and in times like the ones we're experiencing right now, it's difficult to be able to express all of these facets. You know, it's almost impossible. But to go back to your questions concerning trends, no, there are no more meta trends because nobody dictates anything. You can't dictate anymore. The consumer chooses what they want to have. They have access to all kinds of clothes 24-7, you know, <laughs> from brand new to summer to winter to resale to vintage you know everything is is yeah at your fingertips so everything is available for you but at the same time i still believe that there's something in the air you know there's something mm. going on and we are reacting we're always reacting with our clothes to what's going on so some of us will become increasingly casual and some of us will become increasingly sophisticated because you also want to project an image which is strong, powerful, and structured, you know? And I really see COVID as a silent war, in a way. We are at war with a virus, but it's not like the kind of wars Europe may have experienced before. But I've been thinking lately a lot about the 40s, you know, and a lot about this sort of crisis dressing and strong shoulders and the sort of look that people wanted to have. They wanted to look strong. They wanted to look powerful, in a difficult age, you know, and I think this is what we're going to see. So my prediction is that, you know, tailoring, uh, structure, a, a sort of disciplined look is going to come back after all this sportswear, which, of course, everybody's bored with, you know. Perfect to end on. Thank you very much indeed, Philippe. Um, I believe we're going to do some more podcasts, but for now, thank you very much indeed, and we'll talk very soon. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>